Blog Talk Radio. I'm here. I'm here. I was. I got you. I was talking. I was I talking to myself. Hey man, I, I appreciate you. appreciate the introduction. I'm feeling it. Uh, definitely true. Definitely doing my thing. And also, it seems you're doing your thing. Little, little big brother JB it has graduated the big brother because you're in the driver's seat right now, my man. Well, you know what? I appreciate that. I feel like that episode from from Fresh Prince of Bel Air when Will decides to give. Carlton, his dictionary, the little black book filled with nothing but honeys and numbers and whatnot, and, and I can feel the power. I can feel it. Yes. And speaking yes. of feeling, I, I feel as though we have another one of the the four horsemen has arrived tonight. He's a man that really, quite frankly, needs no introduction because, I mean, let's face it, K-Star, if it weren't for this man, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. He is not just the person I look up to. He's not just my big brother. He's not just 
the man that controls the ones and twos. He is the omniscient one. He is commissioner. He welcome to the Madden voice. Hey, uh, you know, I haven't used the omniscient um, tagline in a while. So thanks for resurrecting that one, because um, clearly if you listen to the shows, um, and all of my predictions and prognosis, prog, uh, whatever that word is, I can't talk right now. Um, <clears throat> forecast, yeah, it, means, it means the same thing. Um, I, I am the omniscient one. I'm usually not wrong, although I am a little under the weather. So the, the voice that I normally portray is, is um, not going to be as booming, but that's okay because my brothers, you know, I, I, I've heard about a minute and I'm already impressed. I'm already thoroughly impressed so the show is in very good hands i'm gonna sit back and enjoy the ride well you can do that you can be in the back seat you can ride shotgun you can stick your head out the sunroof we can have the convertible back it doesn't matter i've got the keys so and, and jb just so you know um our lovely mother is listening a little surprise oh, yes. for you oh yeah so you know oh yeah Oh yes, I was getting to that. I was saving that one for the, the saving the best for last, the saving the best for last. You know you're doing something when your Ma Dukes is listening, so Ma thanks for listening. Thanks right. for listening, Ma Floyd. You have two wonderful sons. That's right. Keep it up because my birthday is next month, so I, I want some presents and whatnot. So keep keep it going, Chase. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Anyway, enough about all that. Let's get to the good stuff. I mean, let, let's talk about this past weekend here. We've had so much during this past weekend. We've had the, the, the divisional series turn into the championship series for, for uh, Major League Baseball. We've got NBA preseason starting. We've got hockey starting for those that are into hockey. We've got hockey starting. We've got, we've got some serious college football going on. Michigan, Michigan State, my goodness. I don't know what to say about that. I feel bad for Harbaugh. I feel bad for the, the punter that dropped the ball. It just goes to show you that special teams means a lot, and turnovers will kill you. So if you heard anything to the contrary, someone lied to you. Foremost and most importantly while we're here to talk about the NFL. And what a weekend to kick it off with. The Falcons getting knocked off down in the Big Easy. But fumble 2.0 happening. Then you talk about some of the crazy things that happened Sunday. We've seen a touchdown that really shouldn't have been a touchdown, which Commissioner Pete will dig into with a steak knife in the fourth. We've had craziness go on with, with the Seahawks. What has happened to the Seahawks? The Legion of Boom. What happened? It seems like it's the Legion of Not So Soon. The Legion of Gloom. I need to understand how, when you get Cam Chancellor back from his holdout, you're 0-2, you go to 2-2, and and then the last two games, and, and, and I get it, I get it, the Bengals undefeated, Carolina undefeated. I understand all that. But you had double-digit lead with the Cincinnati game. You're up by nine, I believe, and I can correct me if I'm wrong, in the Carolina game, and you lose them both. And the Carolina game stings a little bit more because that one is at home. The 12th man is in the house, but you still give it away. What is going on in Seattle? I, I like to know that because I ran some numbers. And you all know me. I like my numbers. I like my metrics, my statistician, and all that good stuff. 
So I started to break things down a little bit. I looked at weeks one and two when they didn't have Cam Chancellor, and they were giving up five, almost six yards per play. He comes in week three against the Bears, shuts them down. They only average about 3.2 yards per play. And I wish Dr. Train was in the house so he can talk to us about that, but maybe it's a good thing he's not since we're talking about his Bears. Anyway, we get to the Lions game, and he has that game-changing, game-saving play at the end. And the Lions really only mustered up about 4.8 yards per play. But these last two games, the Bengals and the, and the, and the, the Panthers, they're averaging 5.3 yards per play. And Michael Bennett said, pay this man, pay this man. Well, he needs to make sure he gets his own dollar and cents because Seattle's 2-4 and four and they're staring up at, in their division. So, K-Star, enlighten me, if you will. I mean, the problem with Seattle right now, honestly, is miscommunication in the Legion of Boom. I mean, we've seen two weeks in a row where they're letting tight ends run free down the scene. We saw the game-winning touchdown to Greg Olson last week. We saw week before Tyler Eifert, uh, again, wide open in the end zone, touchdown. And you see them, uh, Chancellor and Sherman specifically, uh, you know, having these, these lapses, this miscommunication. And so you wonder where the team chemistry, team chemistry is right about now and wonder, you know, what's going on with them because clearly it's a mental thing. Um, in the fourth quarter, they're losing these leads. They Honestly, you could make arguments to how they could be 5-1, and 6-0, and oh, but here they are 2-4. and four. And they're the most talented team uh, – potentially in the league. However, one thing not so talented about them and truly a pain point is their offensive line. So um, you see Russell Wilson getting rushed a lot. You see the, the line breaking down. The run blocking is not there this year. Um, you know, they they asked for that, you know, to a degree by trading away Max Unger, one of the better blocking centers in the league. And, mm-hmm. and, you're, seeing, and you're seeing their team just break, break down from uh, the, the offensive line and, and also the miscommunication in the secondary. Now, I think they have a chance to get on the right track because they are so talented, and I think it is fixable, at least defensively. Um, but, yeah, right now they are they, they need they need to do some soul-searching. Yeah, yeah, they do, because uh, even though Arizona lost, I mean, that's still the cream of the crop in that division. And you look at the, the NFC as a whole, there's going to be some tough games coming up for them to uh, try and take advantage of this downslide because – both sides of the ball, they're having issues, and everybody's going to focus in on the defense. And I'm glad, K-Star, you mentioned that offensive line and the fact that they've got Russell Wilson back there running for his life. So uh, a good defense is because you have a very good offense, and you give that defense a chance to rest while the, the offense is taking control of the game. And then you expect that defense to come in, punch them in the mouth, get three and outs, and just stuff them. Still waiting for one piece of info. I want to see if anybody's going to pick up on it. Commissioner T, I know you're under the weather. The voice isn't booming like it normally does, but we know you can bring the heat like nobody else. So enlighten me, if you will. Uh, this is easy. <laughs> this is easy. I mean, everything everybody is saying is exactly on point, but you're missing the real the real deal, Holyfield. What do I always talk about? Coaching and scheme. Well, their defensive coordinator gone. Dan Quinn's over in Atlanta doing a, doing a phenomenal job even though they, they just lost. But overall, that defense is popping down there. And when you lose the captain and, you know, forget on field, this is the guy who designs the game plan during the week. This is the guy who watches the film and says, this is what the other team, this is the holes, this is how we're going to play it. 
and, and he's gone. And Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and Bobby Wagner, these guys are all phenoms. They're all superstars. L.O.B. and all that. But without the captain, without the leader of that defense, who, who, who for the last two years had that defense really leading, I mean, Russell Wilson and, and, and uh, Marshawn Lynch aside, that defense is really what rode that team to the Super Bowl, you know, and he's gone. And I think one other thing I'll say is, you know, the, if you think back to the Super Bowl with Denver and Seattle, and you think about Demarius Thomas running over the middle and Cam Chancellor putting that lick on him, and he set that tone early in that game, and Denver never came back from that. There's no fear now. There's no fear of that defense right now. No one's afraid. Even for Carolina, I know we're going to talk about Carolina shortly, but for them to go into Seattle and late in the fourth quarter to come back in Seattle on that defense, it, there's no fear anymore. There's no fear. No, there isn't. And that's what I was waiting for somebody to say is that they've got the players, they've got the talent, but you need somebody to orchestrate where to have these players at the right time. And you look at what Dan Quinn is doing over Atlanta. He's taken that team and made them go from mediocre to, even though, granted, they lost against the Saints. And, and once again, J.B. half called it. I told y'all, so the record's out when those teams need to get together. Something's going down in the Big Easy. But subtract that. That, that Falcon team has played very well. And you have to give uh, Coach Quinn a lot of credit for that. As far as I'm concerned, he's probably top two, top three for Coach of the Year right now. Granted, it's early. A lot of things can happen. But he's taken that team from, what, 6-10 and 10 last year to now they're, what, 5-1 and one and, and only a game back because Carolina's undefeated. So that's the main point that I wanted to hear was the fact that Coach Quinn is now with the, uh, the Falcons. The other part that a lot of people haven't mentioned is that you've got Brandon Browner, Byron Maxwell, Walter Thurman. They're not in Seahawks jerseys. Brandon Browner, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, he's laying what up in New England. So you've got contributors from last year's team playing on different teams now. Combined with Coach Quinn no longer there, you're going to struggle. And it's evident in the play that they have, even with Cam Chancellor coming back, and I mean, he's, he's – He's beast mode 5.0 all by himself in the defensive backfield, laying the wood on everybody. But you can't expect one person to have that type of an impact day in and day out. He's had, if, if, if memory serves correct, I think about 29 tackles, um, eight of those, excuse me, 29 tackles and nine of those assisted since he's been back. So he's averaging about seven and a quarter tackles per game. He's picked it up over the last couple of games, having 10 and 11 tackles. So he's getting in there. But just by looking at the numbers, the more tackles he has, the more chances are that they're going to come out on the losing end. Small sample, just stating facts, though. So it's going to be interesting to see how this week seven comes out and to see if they can turn this uh, this slide around. If they don't, and Arizona continues to win, two and five with a hot Arizona team, and you've got two undefeateds already in your conference, you might be staring at number seven and further down when it comes time for the playoffs. Just saying. They're going to get their act together, and they got to do it right now. Anything anybody else wants to add about the Seahawks before we move on to greener pastures? Lynch isn't healthy. <clears throat> you know, when you it don't matter. About, what's that? 
At this point, it doesn't even matter. Well, uh, yeah, of course it matters. I mean, I mean, they can't, he's they can't block anybody. Yeah, but I, I get that the offensive line, you know, certainly has issues. But <clears throat> Lynch not being healthy, you know, this is a guy you 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 know he'll find the hole. He's he's a top running back in this league. He's a monster to bring down. And the fact that he's not healthy is certainly impacting the game planning of the Seahawks offense. Russell Wilson, literally now, he doesn't have that running game that he once had with Lynch being healthy. And he has to run around himself a little bit more, pass the ball a little bit more. So, I mean, just scheming alone, when you know that your bell cow is, is, you know, not 100%. Forget what happens on Sunday. You're scheming during the week knowing this guy is injured and not 100%. It changes the entire complexity of the game. Uh, one thing I'll say, I think they will get a bet. I think they'll get a bet together because although Quinn is a big loss, I mean, they've been in the scheme for like three plus years. And it's a basic scheme. It's a cover three principle, cover one scheme. And I think a lot of it with their communication issues. Some of it does have to do with the fact that Chancellor's missed so much time. And, you know, it's like with offensive line, you know, they play together. You have to develop chemistry and and, and get that going. And I don't think they have that uh, right now. And they're just giving up basic plays over the middle. And, you know, um, when you have a guy that's out for all the training camp, comes back to the middle of the season, you know, it doesn't matter if that scheme is simple or not because the whole time while they were gone, they were playing with someone else at strong safety. They were trying to adjust with him. And now when Kim's back, they got to fill each other out, pick these little things up. And so I think they will. Um, but they got to do it now, like you guys were saying. They have to do it right now. Now. Yeah, but, but K-Star, I think, I think you know, evidence here is, I mean, first of all, these guys ain't rookies. These guys, it, there's there's no reason now. You know, Chancellor's been back, um, what are they, two and four? Two and two. He's been right. Four games. Okay, number one. Number two, they're giving up. They're giving up fourth quarter leads. That's not rust screwing up. That's just a yeah, mistake. It's, mis- it's miscommunication. You know, yeah, but but that miscommunication is not coming. That's coaching. You know, if they were doing it all uh, through the game, I'd agree with you. I'd say okay. You know, but you're playing. You, you know, you're going into the fourth quarter with double digit leads and you're blowing it. Part of that is coaching. You know, these guys have played in this scheme for years. There's no excuses other than yeah. the fact that they're not prepared as they once were because the guy that was preparing them is over. I mean, there's, there's a lot wrong with the team right now. I think, to you, you touched on it. A, a healthy Marshawn Lynch can change the, the complexity of the game. It can change the, the scope of the game. But with that being said, you still have leads entering the fourth quarter. And historically, over the last couple of years, Seahawks did a lead going into the fourth quarter. They're not coming out with a L. They're coming out with a W in that one. And they have two straight games. And, and like I said before, I'll preface it by saying it was two games against undefeated teams, surprisingly undefeated, if you will. Cincinnati may not be uh, as much as a surprise as Carolina. But nonetheless, I don't think anyone picked either one of these two teams to be undefeated at this point. But when you, when you give up a lead at home, that's where I started to really scratch my head and wonder what's going on because the Cincinnati game, I figured probably like others, aberration. Not going to happen twice. 
you go home to Carolina. I, I specifically had Seattle to win this one because they were at home, 12th man, and they were undefeated so far in this early season. But to give up the lead going into the fourth quarter and have a seam route go to Greg Olson for the game-winning score, there's a problem. And I think part of the problem is a lot of these teams out here know it's a copycat league. They've dissected this defense and have picked out where they're vulnerable at. Running these seam routes and real routes and, and having these check downs put stress on the cornerback and it's going to cause the safeties to rotate when they don't want to. And I think more studies have been on there, more tape has been shown, more accuracy in the passes from these quarterbacks. They know how to pick this defense apart. So I wonder, are we going to see the legion of boom that we've seen in the last couple of years, or is this the norm now? Is this the Seattle team that is just the Seattle team? I don't know. They got the 49ers coming up on a short week. I know that, Thursday at Levi Stadium. Two teams that are two and four, which you expect to go in two opposite directions. Right now, they're both tied, and uh, that's going to be an interesting game. The loser of that game, uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't see the loser of this game going to the playoffs. Two and five, nine games to go. For Seattle, it's a must win. Thoughts? Disagree? Agree? Definitely yeah, agree. I, I, don't, I, I will say that um, I think Seattle will still have good games, but I think the, the invincibility of that defense is gone. Um, they will have games that they'll win. They'll have games that they will um, – oh, jeez. Here I go. Here I go hearing myself over here. They will still have games where they will out execute and, you know, make it competitive. But what we've seen from that defense for two years, a level of dominance compared to, you know, Bears and, and, and Bucks and Ravens teams um, – I don't think we're going to see that anymore. And I think a lot of that is what Jay mentioned. Some of the, some of the pieces are gone, but I really think it comes back to the coaching. And, and I think, you know, Jay, you hit on it, you know, and I, and I've said this many, many times, this NFL, you can't do the same thing and expect to have the same results. People are studying film. They're watching your trends. They're watching your, you know, your patterns and they're prepared for you now. And Dan Quinn was good at changing things up like he's doing in Atlanta. I don't even know who the defensive coordinator is in Seattle now, but Dan Quinn, clearly. And so it's going to be very interesting to see um, to see this game. You got a 49ers team that's up and down. I don't know. I don't, they're very schizophrenic. I don't know who they are, um, to be totally honest with you. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And it's going to be very interesting because these were two teams that, you know, you know, two powerhouse teams winning 10 games a season not that long ago. Now, they're both looking at, you know, both under 500, and, and, and one of them ain't going to make – maybe both of them won't make the playoffs. They're very interesting how this league changes and teams catch up. <clears throat> and the other thing, too, it's a four-team division, and no one's mentioned the Rams. The Rams already have beaten the Seahawks this year, so they've got a leg up on them already. And uh, that was without Todd Gurley. And that boy is a beast. So you factor in against the Seahawks again, because they're going to have to play them twice. This time they're going to be up in Seattle. The Rams are coming in confident when that time comes. And they got that, that bad girlie that can do some things coming out of the backfield. So it, I really think that if it's going to be a two-team race, if the Seahawks don't win Thursday night, it's really going to be between the Rams and the Cardinals. But, again, a lot of football to be played. We'll see. 
time will tell, but they need this win coming up Thursday. It's going to be interesting. Once again, 347-838-9525. Ladies and gentlemen and those who are undecided, 347-838-9525. Call in questions, concerns. You want to chat? We got you. Bring it. Let's move on to another topic, another discussion, because I think we've beaten the Seahawks up enough. I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Cam Newton. Cam. Yeah, thank you. Right on cue, boy. Right on cue. And, and the reason why I want to bring him up. Just weak. That? No soul. Just weak. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. The, the camp. The, the, the camp. You know, you know, even me, even me with my um, under-the-weather voice, can pull out a can better than that, King Star. I, you know, I may have to take you under my wing, give you some soul. Just saying. You know, you, you know what? You don't deserve. You don't deserve to say Cam. I mean, I don't even want to hear you ever do it again. Oh, Cam! I really don't have a desire to do it. But even if I do it, it's going to be better than you. Whoa, Cam! Oh my god! Oh my god! That's pathetic. That's just pathetic. Seattle team, you know, so I mean, I hear you, but you yourself 
just explained why it's not the same team, but then you want me to give this guy all his credit. It's a great win based on the Seattle we knew going into this season to go into their stadium and win. It's a great win. But it is clear to me also that this is not the same team. That's very clear. So, you, you, you know, you got, let's be honest here. It's not the same team. That said, yeah, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with that win. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, Cam is, you know, they start talking about um, MVP and all that. Come on, slow, slow down. It's too early it's, anyway. It, it, it's, it's way early to start talking MVP. Um, you know, it's it just, you know, and, and frankly, you know, when you got, you know, you got Tom Brady, you know, this is, this, you know, let's compare for a minute. This is the guy coming off a Super Bowl win, and now they're five and up. I mean, you know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, and then to come off and and they're five and up. You know, and Aaron Rodgers, and so I I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but it was a good win. I give him credit for a good victory, and let's see if they, let's see if they can sustain it. But let's just remember, this team was seven eight and one last year. Okay, so let's see. Let's let's see. You know, we had a team in Arizona last year who came out of the box. You know, I believe went to eleven and one, something like that, and faltered down the stretch. You know, and they were Super Bowl favorites and Bruce Arians and all of this. Even even with the backup quarterback, still, you know, this defense and all. And where'd they go? Nowhere. So let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah, Cam, Cam was the reason. Cam was the reason for that as well. Yeah, I believe the Panthers eliminated the Cardinals yeah, uh, last year in the playoffs. Yes, yes, they did. Yes, they did. But let, let, let you know. Let's see what happens. Um, in that division, I, you know, um, I, I think the only team that I would I would say is out is the Bucks. They're out. Um, I just don't see them having just enough talent all the way around to do anything. Um, clearly, the Falcons have shown that they're you know that they're going to be there. And don't sleep on the Saints just yet. I know there's four losses between them and, and the Panthers. But as I called, J-Man called 50%, as I called 100%, we saw four horsemen Drew Brees uh, come out Thursday night and play like the Drew Brees we know and love and beat up on the Falcons, okay? Um, We saw that defense play much better than it's played, you know? So I'd say let's, you know, I know they're two and four and they're on the bottom, but hold on there. And Mr. Ben Watson, who was on my fantasy team, came out of nowhere and had a career day. So let's just uh, – let's see now. Saints get on a little roll here. Falcons are there. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. question is, did the Panthers at 5-0, and are they just – are they now, you know, being um, four games ahead of the Saints? Are they that far off there? And is it a two-team race, Panthers and the Falcons? And I'll just say this and give it back to Jay. If it is a two-team race, you 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 think the Falcons just because they lost to their division rival the Saints you think they're done? I mean, with all that talent they have and the way that defense been playing, I mean, I I, I don't know that I would call the Panthers the favorite just because they're five and up. Falcons they're looking good. If you look at six games, they're looking damn good. Yeah, they 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 are looking good. And and with Cam, I guess I'm somewhere in between where both of you are. I, I'm not. I'm not as out there as as K Star is, but I'm not as low as as Commish T. I'm somewhere in the middle because I mean it, it, it was a very good win, and I, I can't take that away from them. And and I agree, T. We're talking about a Seattle team that's really not the Seattle team of of past years. 
But then again, we may be talking about a Panther team that is also not a past year either. And to have basically no running game. I mean, James still, he, he, he's shown a he's little bit. He's been terrible play. this year. He's been yeah. terrible this year up until this last game. So that's what I said, a little bit. And that little bit was just now. I mean, he's, I had to draft him myself, but I think I picked him in the next to last round. So it goes to show you just how good he's been doing over the years. But he's got little to no running game. Your, your number one target went down in the preseason, blew his, blew his knee out with ACL. You got Devin Punches, rookie out of Michigan, who has dropped everything, can't catch a cold, save his life. And you've got Greg Olson as your, your main target, your main weapon. And a good target to have, too. I mean, dude, like, what, 6'5", 250, and can get open. But still, you need a deep threat to stretch the defense. And he's a seam route runner. He can get you some tough yards over the middle. But you need somebody to blow the top off of the defense. And they don't have that. So Cam has had to improvise. He's had to use his legs from time to time. He's had to read the defenses a little bit more than maybe he's accustomed to. And you made a point, I think it was last year, and we talked about in the preseason. Maybe that accident has, has played a positive role in his life. Maybe maybe he realized, you know what, football is a lot more important than I thought it was. And maybe I need to act accordingly. So maybe this is a renaissance of, of sorts that we're seeing from, from Cam Newton. Now, am I going to give him the crown of MVP? Heck no. Heck no. Not after five games. Talk to me around Thanksgiving. We hand out turkey, we hand out stuffing, we talk about MVPs then. But not now. Not before Halloween. He's having a good season, but I'm not ready to go that far just yet. And in terms of the division itself, you know what? Even though they're undefeated, I too have to give it to the Falcons right now as the favorites because they have weapons on both sides of the ball. They have the kind of weapons that Carolina needs to have to be in that kind of a discussion. So the Saints, They've been so inconsistent, you don't know what version you're going to get. They, they they beat our Cowboys, but they also look horrific in other games, and, and then they beat the Falcons, even though the Falcons kind of handed them the game a little bit with all those turnovers and sloppy play. It's really going to probably most likely, in my opinion, boil down between the Falcons and the Panthers. The unfortunate part is they don't play until, I think, weeks 15 and 17. So we're salivating and waiting until then to see who's really going to emerge victorious in that division. But until then, I'm going to give my five cents towards the Falcons. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. A lot of games to be played. We already know, especially D&T with injuries, how difficult it can be to get over that hurdle. Uh, K-Star, you know with Big Ben, how difficult it could be to get over that hurdle. We'll talk about them in a little bit as well. So, with Carolina, I'm not ready to break out the anointing oil like Coach Parcells would say. You are what you are, and they are undefeated, so I have to give them the credit. I, I can't take that away from them. I have to give them the credit. Now, if they can start getting some more impressive wins under their belt, now we're talking. Now, now we're, we can get busy, but we'll see. But, Jay, we'll Jay, see. Jay, that's kind of the point here. I mean, this is why I'm not ready to go where K-Star is. <laughs> I know they don't control their schedule, but let's be honest. Jacksonville, Houston. New Orleans, division rival, okay. Even though New Orleans came back and beat Atlanta, is New Orleans the traditional New Orleans? Probably not. Tampa Bay. So those four games, three of them, okay, I give them the New Orleans one. And now Seattle, that's the most impressive one. That's the one to me that now has my attention, 
other than the fact that I eat Cam Newton's um, uh, yogurt that he promotes. I actually eat that yogurt. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I bet you don't eat a case star. I eat the Oikos Simple I, Zero yogurt I, that he promotes. I don't, but I feel like I should, and you should not. Well, I, I do. I, I, I do. I, I eat it before even knowing that he promoted it. I, I, I said, why is he promoting this yogurt? But, yes, I, I do eat it because it's, it's very good for you. Um, and, and I'm going to keep eating it despite the fact that I don't eat it because he promotes it. I eat it because I like it. But, anyway, that said, the Seattle victory now has him on my radar screen. Now I say, okay, you got my attention, 5-0. and Let's see what you got, you know. Um, and, frankly, they got the Eagles coming to town. Um, I think it's I think it's Sunday night football. Um, it is. You know, I I I, I got to root for them because they're playing the Eagles. So don't put me in a position to then come back next week and say, well, look what happened. I'll be happy if they beat the Eagles. I'll be real happy if they beat the Eagles. I want them to beat the Eagles. They're home. They're supposed to be uh, one of the better teams now in the NFC. Then you should. Then let's see what you can do with the Eagles. Let's see what you can do. And, and you know what? I'm looking at the schedule, and, and I want to come back to the Eagles in a minute because I want to get y'all take real quick on that one. I'm looking at the schedule. They play the Eagles, then they play the Colts, and then they play the Packers at home. Now, that's going to be the game for me. If there's ever a game to circle on the calendar, that'll be the game because there's a good chance both of those teams could be undefeated that time. There's a, there's a good chance. If they're able to beat Jay, the Packers, regardless of record, then they'll have my attention too. Well, Jay, you'll remember last week I said the next four games is going to tell me something about Carolina, and if they can if they can pull two and two out of these four games, um, they're making a statement because all four of these teams are considered playoff contending teams, you know, and they won the first one. But let's see, Philly, you know, the Colts. I mean, the Colts fall hard against the Patriots. And, of course, you know, the game that you just mentioned, the, the Packer game on, on the 8th, um, which by that time, don't be surprised if that game don't get flexed. Especially if they're both, as, as you said, Jay, maybe maybe both undefeated, that game might get flexed to a night game. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I'll, I'll have my no-dos and whatever else to keep me up. I might have to take a PTO the next day if that's the case. I don't care. That'll be one to watch. So, I had mentioned the Eagles because I want to hit upon the Eagles real quick, and I want to talk about the NFC East, and I want to get everybody's take on it before we start talking about other topics. Seeing that game last night, Giants spot them a touchdown, and then, or, I mean, Eagles spot them a touchdown and then come back 27-7 win in a rather sloppy game. I've heard rumblings again, and I don't know why, but I keep hearing Eagles have a chance to take the division. They're, they're the real deal now. They've got it rolling. Personally, I don't think so. I'm still not impressed, and it's not because they're in the same division as my boys. I'm just doing like I said last week. I'm giving the eye test. And the Giants played too inconsistent for me to say the Eagles ran over them. The Eagles are just too inconsistent for me to say they're going to be the cream of the crop in this division. What are y'all take on it? Well, actually, you know, it's your, it's your division. I'll, I'll bow down. I'll let go ahead. Well, thank you, Star. And you know, <clears throat> my mom is listening, so I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this G-rated. <laughs> even at 48 years old, I respect my mama, so um, I'm going to keep this G-rated. But um, are you kidding? Me? Are you kidding me? I, I, I mean, I mean, listen. 
let, let, let me speak positively first. Chip Kelly, in his stubborn, infinite wisdom, ran DeMarco Murray 22 times. Ain't that funny how that works out? In his stubborn, infinite wisdom, had DeMarco Murray running north and south more than east and west. And, oh, DeMarco Murray runs for 109 yards and a touchdown. Ain't it funny how that works out? So it took Chip Kelly six games to pretty much do what the Cowboys did 16 games last year. And he's, a, and he's an offensive genius? Get the heck out of here with that mess. Listen, and, and i got to give Skip Bayless – I've got to give Skip Bayless credit on this one because he said it right. Sam Bradford can be Sam Bradford. And I'm stealing that from Skip Bayless because he's right. I'm sorry. I'm not – I saw this game last night, and I even, I even put it on um, somewhere, one of the fan sites. <laughs> I said, if you're a Cowboys fan, do either one of these teams scare you right now? Never mind, we beat them both. We'll put that aside for a minute. Do either with what you saw last night, did either one of these teams step up and say, we're going to take this division by its neck and stranglehold this division? The Cowboys are injured. The Redskins are a mess. We're going to beat the other team on the other side of this field, and we're staking claim that this is our division. Forget the score. Forget the score. Look at the quality or lack of quality of play. Look at the turnovers and the mistakes both teams made. And, 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 you're, and you're coming out of that saying the Eagles are the favorite to win this division? I, 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 in, in all my honesty, I don't see it. They beat a team that played horribly last night. They just played less work. And, yes, Chip Kelly woke up and is beginning to realize that, there, you know, there's more than one way to skin the cat. And, oh, yeah. You know, when you go out and get a back that was offensive player of the year, maybe you should use him the way that he was used that made him offensive player of the year. Huh? Why don't you try that for a little bit there, uh, uh, Chipper? You know, uh, and, and I don't think Bradford is going to take him to the promised land. I don't. I don't see it. I honestly will put more money on Eli, especially if Victor Cruz come back, which who knows how that's going to play out. But if Victor Cruz come back, I was as horrible as Eli Manning looked last night, which is what Eli does. Eli, will, he will give you opportunities if you take them. That's what he does. But you know what? He's got two Super Bowls. Sam Bradford, a.k.a. Sam Bradford, doesn't. So, so I, I didn't walk away thinking either what I walked away right now with what we see in the NFC East, it is wide open. It is wide open. Of course, my, my bias my personal preference is, um, you know, Cowboys. Castle's going to start. You know, you guys, if you listen to my show Friday, I went into this in detail, so I won't regurgitate it. But Castle's going to start doing something on the offensive line to make it better. Giving Michael a little more, Christian Michael a little more opportunities. There's an outside chance we get Dez on Sunday, although that's looking lesser and less, but we'll see. If I'm the Cowboys, I won't, I won't put that out there now anyway. You know, let it, let it, let it, let it run its own course and make that a game time decision. Um, but as a Cowboy fan, I'm feeling pretty good about this team's chances to stay competitive against a giant team that look horrible. I feel pretty good about their chances going in there and playing the Giants. So no, I, in, in no way, shape, or form, right now does anybody have a hold over the NFC East? It is wild. The only team right now to me that I just can't see doing anything is the Redskins. I would just – I just think they're a mess. And I don't 
foresee them coming out of it until they get a quarterback. Cousins is not very good. RG3 is sitting there making a lot of money holding a clipboard. And Colt McCoy is a relief pitcher, you know. So until that happens, they got a little bit of a running game. But other than that, I think they're a mess. Them, to me, they're out of it. The other three teams, they're going to they're gonna beat up on each other, and one of them is going to rise to the top. K-Star, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, okay, so a couple of things. Um, yes, it's about time that Shaquille decided to give DeMarco Murray the ball because we've been clamoring that on this for weeks. Like, please just do it. Please stop not giving him the ball. <laughs> He's been a very, very impressive player, and it looks like they cleaned up a lot of their perimeter blocking and doing some more inside zones, which they should be doing. And, of course, Marco Murray um, did his thing last night and was happy to see that. Um, but I think when we talk about Philadelphia, no one has a string of hold on NFC East, first of all. When you're 3-3, three and three, when your division leader is 3-3, three and three, that shows you that no one has a, a string of hold on NFC East, or of, of any division, firstly. What I will say, though, is this. Philadelphia's defense is very underrated, but that defense is awesome, and that pass rush is very intense. And and as much as we associate Chip Kelly as an offensive guy, and clearly he is, um, strategically what they do and schematically with their defensive line, with the interchanging and having those fresh rushers and running wide nine, all that stuff, um, it's very effective. And and that's part of the reason why Eli had a bad game, and frankly, why most opposing quarterbacks when they play Philly this year have have struggled mightily. Um, however, on the flip side, my concern with Philly is Sam Bradford. Yeah, he sucks. Like, let's just call it like it is. I mean, I had hopes for him. I thought he would be a decent player. But this guy is, is, is throwing interceptions and making bad decisions when he has a clean pocket. Like, it's not even just, like, him being under pressure. Like, it would it's, be understandable if, if he's throwing bad throws and picks, maybe if he's under pressure, because then it's like, okay, well, at least that's explainable. But some of his overthrows – some of this poor judgment being displayed in those situations, it's it's really costly. And I wonder if at some point we'll see Mark Sanchez because this man is throwing, you know, 15-yard posts, 40 yards over his receivers' heads right into the safety's hands and turning the ball over relentlessly in the red zone the last few weeks. I think there's four red zone picks he's had the last couple of weeks in the red zone. Yeah, that's going to cost him eventually. That's going to cost him eventually. So they have to tighten that up. I don't know if going to make any change at quarterback, but um, yeah, it's bad. You mean you mean you mean Chip Kelly would have to admit he was wrong? He went out to get Bradford. <laughs> he went and handpicked him, and then he would have yeah. to admit he was wrong. That ain't happening. <laughs> he'll, he'll, I think he's going to ride or die with Bradford. Yeah, I think unless, he was bad unless Bradford gets hurt, he's not coming out. Right. I mean, that's, that's the bottom gets it, Which is very possible that he could get injured. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. I, but I think, I think with Chip Kelly, here's the deal. It's really a, a two-team race between the Eagles and the Cowboys with the Giants as the X factor. If the Giants could just close games out because those games, the game against the Cowboys, and I think the game either the week or the week after that where they just couldn't close it out, yeah, they could be – uh, leading that division right now, but they're not. If they can get out of their own way, watch out for them. If they can stay healthy, watch out for them. If the Cowboys stay healthy, 
uh, as far as I'm concerned, and this is not biased, this is just I test being a, a football fan. They have talent enough on the defensive side and, and more than enough on the offensive side to take the division. But obviously the X factor and all of this is just staying healthy. With the Eagles, Chip Kelly can't get out of his own way. He's and you said it, he's, he's stubborn, he's hard headed, he wants to just ram it down people's throats the way he wants to do it. He just doesn't have the personnel that he should have on that team. He gave it all away, and now he's trying to make shift with what he's got. And there's going to be nights where it looks decent, and there's going to be nights where not so decent. And, again, last night watching that game, I wasn't all that impressed. I thought I thought there was more of a Giants losing the game than the Eagles winning the game. Uh, now, uh, if, if the Eagles would, would have taken control of that game and, and not have – the, the Giants play as sloppy as they did and just kind of put a fork right through the, the chest. Different story. But I didn't see that. I didn't get that feeling. I didn't get that, that killer instinct oh. that they had. A lot of fortuitous bounces went the Eagles' way, and that's why they won the game. Well, oh, hold on. One thing I will say, though, is I don't see how you're not impressed with their defense because they were getting an Eli's grill all night, and they've been doing that all year, honestly. They've been serving grace for that team, keeping them in games where they should have got blown out. That, that, that defense I'm, is very I'm, good. I'm not I'm not unimpressed by the defense. I'm talking about just the team as a whole. Uh, I think the the majority of their struggles, if you want to look at offense, defense, special teams, I think the majority of the struggles is going to be on offense because they just can't get out of their way unless they use the players that they have the right way. Uh, I agree with you. K-Star, listen to yourself. You started off the season calling Chip Kelly the most feared guy and offense and all it was all offense 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 six games later you're saying how impressed you are with the defense and we're supposed to you know no that's not the point yes the defense has played well that's great but this team was built around that offense that's chip kelly's forte that's what he went to rebuild and create and spent all that money on and the offense is looking pedestrian and and, and that we're supposed to believe that this team is going to run away with the division. And, and let me also say this. These teams, the Eagles and the Giants, have already played half their division games, and they're one and two. So, you know, when you know that it's going to go down the week 15, 16, 17, and you know nine and seven, eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six could win the division, and you know when, when there's a tie, for the division title, the first thing they look at is division record. But they already got two losses each in the division. The Cowboys are two and zero in the division right now, and we'll see what happens Sunday. But let the Cowboys win that game, go to three and three, sweep the Giants, three and zero in the division. Come on, man! Cowboys are a game away from doing what I just said. A team needs to do is make a statement and stranglehold that division. The Cowboys go into New York MetLife Stadium and win that game, go back to 500 with a 3-0 and division record and a sweep over the Giants, that's, that's – I won't say it's insurmountable, but that hurts. That hurts. And they got one more game with the Eagles? Come on, man. It is, it is, it is just ridiculous for those pundits out there to say the Eagles got the division. It's ridiculous. I don't know what they're looking at. I'm not giving them the division right now. And, again, I'm looking at it from a football perspective. Randy Gregory's going to come back. Uh, Des Bryant right around the corner from coming back. Christian Michael's going to get some more reps. Uh, obviously, Randall hopefully can continue to do his thing. There's a sense that if the Cowboys can get healthy at the right time, that's a team to look out for. And I agree with that. Not because I wear the star on my cap 
But you look at the talent, you look at the record, you look at the division, and you you almost have to put them, if they can stay healthy, ahead of everybody else in that division. The Redskins, forget about it. They might as well look to the, to the draft of 2016. They might scare a few folks here and there and surprise some folks with some victories, but I don't see them as a playoff team. You got the Cowboys, you got the Eagles, you got the Giants as the next factor. We'll see what happens from here on out. Cowboys stay healthy. I'm giving them the nod. All right. Wanted everybody's take on that one because of the game and how it looked last night. So glad we chimed in on that. Now, going to a different subject here. Don't know what to call it, so I'm just going to say it as I hear it and how I feel it. You got two hands, you got a football. Is it a catch? Is it not a catch? I have no idea anymore. Golden Tate gets a touchdown for a play that really doesn't look like it's a catch. Again, that's just me, but I'll leave it up to Commish T. This is his rant, Commish T. The floor is yours. Listen, <clears throat> and, and I may not have no voice when I get done with this one. I may not have a voice at all. This may be it. I may have to turn the show over to you guys for the rest of the show because I'm going to tell you something. I was so incensed about this play. I wish Dr. Train was on this show right now. I wish he was on this show because I think Dr. Train explained it to me. He, he would probably agree with me. I sent Dean Blandino a tweet. Of course, he didn't respond, saying, are you kidding me? Unpredictable. I mean, um, um, inconsistent calls. I'm, I'm going to read what he wrote. I'm going to read what he said. <clears throat> the ruling on the field was an interception. Golden Tate controlled the pass right at the goal line. The ball came loose and was eventually caught by a Chicago defender. This is different than the plays we've been talking about. The best Bryant player to Calvin Johnson's play. This is not a receiver who's going to the ground. The issue here is did he become a runner before the ball came loose? Did he have control both feet down and then time enough to become a runner after the second foot is down? When you watch the play, the ball comes loose. He had taken his third step. And the third step is almost on the ground when the ball comes out. He had demonstrated possession, had become a runner once the ball breaks the plane of the goal line in possession of a runner. It is a touchdown, and the play is over at that point. Okay, except the problem is that is not what happened when you watch the play. When you watch the play, it was catch one step. At the second step, he gets stripped. The ball goes in the air, and it ends up in the Chicago um, defenders. Des Bryant goes up, catches the ball, takes one, two, three steps, reaches for the goal line. The ball pops up into his arms. They call it incomplete. This ball pops up into the Bears' arms. They call it an interception. They say, no, it's a touchdown. He caught it in his hands, one step at the second step. Watch the play. Watch it 25 times. It is stripped. There is absolutely no way that this guy had possession long enough to say that he broke the plane and it's a touchdown. I know that rule. I know that rule very well. As soon as the ball, if you have possession and the ball breaks the plane, it's a touchdown, except he did not have possession. Is not possession hands one, two in the NFL? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what they said Des Bryant needed to do, be a runner, make a move common to the game. So, one, at the second step, the ball is stripped. 
It goes in the air into the hands of the Bears. They called it an interception on the field. Mike Pereira for Fox Sports says there is no doubt that this is an interception. We've learned this watching Calvin Johnson. We've learned this watching Des Bryant. We now understand the components of what makes the catch. We understand it now. This is not a catch. This is an interception. They come back and overturn the ruling and call it that stuff. Mike Pereira says, I'm confused now. This was the former head of officiating who said, I am now confused. I don't even know where to catch it. So if the former head of officiating says, he didn't come and say, okay, you know what, I see where they're coming from. I I may have judged it differently, but, okay, I can understand why. He didn't say that. He said, I am confused now. I I now do not know where to catch it. So if the former head of officiating doesn't know what a catch is, how is the NFL team supposed to know? How are the coaches supposed to know? How are the quarterback and wide receivers and, and, and running back and tight ends supposed to know what a catch is? NFL has made what should have been very simple too confusing now. We just don't know. It is ridiculous. It is, it is ludicrous. It is insane. The, the, you, are, you are costing people games because of your inconsistent ruling. That was an interception. There is no doubt in my mind, zero doubt. When I watched it, knowing that it was going to be overturned because I didn't see the game live, so I heard about it, I went on YouTube, and I watched it, and I said, I know this. No, there's no way. Even though I knew, I'm still in disbelief. And the guy came out and said, nope, it's a touchdown. I I am – Packers, 
I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what what else to say. I, I can't I can't add to that, and I can't see I can't see the logic in that. Um, hopefully, something is done more sooner than later. If, if this is one of those things that that doesn't have to wait to the off season, cool, bring it because you're, you're killing the integrity of the game when you have these bogus calls. And that's the one thing that you don't want to lose. That's the one thing you hang your hat on is keeping the integrity of the game. If you throw that out the window, you might as well throw everything else along with it. Mm-mm-mm. Good stuff, T. Good stuff. That, that, yeah. I'm ready to line up right now and take somebody on. I'm 170 pounds soaking wet. Jay, Jay, this is you and me on Mom's Front Steps doing the Brock Lesnar. Sure enough, I'm doing it right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Woo! Sit back in my chair before I lose it completely. So let's let's go from one wide receiver to another one. Let's talk about the Steelers beating the Cardinals. Talk about Martavis Bryant making his debut, mm-hmm. blowing up. T, we gave you your time to to have your rant on the on the golden tape catch and lack thereof, and appreciate it. Now we're going to turn the controls over to Steeler Country. K Star, enlighten us, if you will. Martavis Bryant is awesome. Like, I put it like this: the, he his nickname in Pittsburgh that Big Ben gave him is the Alien. The dude's superhuman, man. Uh, he um, the, the the speed size combination and just the overall effect that he has on our offense, it, it's it's absolutely just so uplifting. I mean, we saw last year when as a rookie he just got inserted in the lineup week four Monday Night Football, and sure enough we had that that flurry of scores and it changes the rest of the season for us. And you know, uh, 900 yards, eight touchdowns, and like 11 games was absurd. And and yeah, he's awesome. And I didn't expect us to win. I really didn't. I mean, my heart said Steelers, and of course I picked the Steelers, but it was not a good uh, matchup for us considering the injuries we have. But this guy, man, it is just a physical phenom, and um, when Big Ben gets back, it's 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 on. Oh, it's on. Because uh, this guy is special. He's a special player. I can't say that enough. I'm so excited for it to, to see it play out. Yeah, he's definitely talented. I take that, take nothing away from him from that perspective. He's going to help add a different dimension to this offense that's already potent. When you bring Big Ben into the frame, it's going to be lethal. Uh, again, uh, this, these players are going to be able to stay healthy down the stretch. Now, you, you asked the question: Are they are the Steelers a Super Bowl contender now? And I, I want I want your take on that. I think they 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 can they have a chance to represent the AFC, no question about it. Once Big Ben comes back, as long as Big Ben and Antonio Brown uh, Brown can can get that chemistry back, because Brown didn't have it when he was with uh, teamed up with Vic. I think Landry Jones is going to be back on the center again for one more week, and then after that yeah. we may see Big Ben back again. But do you really think this team is a Super Bowl contender? Or are they just showing glimpses of what they're capable of and just going to disappoint down the stretch? No, this team is absolutely a Super Bowl contender because they weathered the storm without Big Ben. Um, and that was something we talked about a few weeks ago. You know, if if they can weather the storm, they are absolutely a powerhouse in the AFC, especially because that defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I mean, they held the Cardinals to I believe, 13 or 17 points. And the, 
and it's been the, the Steelers defense has been the unsung hero for the past few weeks because they've been keeping them in games and doing just enough. And we talk about it with with New England, and we talk about it with Green Bay. And what what Pittsburgh's doing now on defense is they're playing situational ball. They're playing great red zone defense, and that is the biggest thing. They give up a lot of yards. You know, they're not they're we're not going to confuse them for an elite defense, but the red zone play, the situational components that they're uh, absolutely executing on. Um, it is propelling them into that. And like you said, that offense is going to be absolutely lethal uh, when Big Ben returns, which should be – I don't expect him this Sunday, but I definitely, I, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be back next week. And, um, yeah, just the offense is great. The defense is good enough. Uh, yes, absolutely a Super Bowl contender. And even with the Bengals being two games up on them, you still think they can be a Super Bowl contender? You still think – Yeah, but what do you expect them to say? What do you expect him to say? You expect him to say they're not a Super Bowl contender? Come on. That's a loaded question. And also the Bengals are really good. They're really impressive. But, I mean, we're talking about the Bengals. We know what happens in the playoffs, at least at this point. we got to see it from Amy Dalton in January. And, you know, the Steelers haven't played the Bengals Beat the Bengals in two weeks. And then let's talk. Beat the Bengals. Bengals. They haven't played the Bengals once this year. I asked asked the question more so not from K-Star's perspective, but, T, that was to set it up for you. Well, I jump right on it because, of course, Case Stone's going to say Super Bowl contender. I mean, Case, this is the same guy who put Cam Newton in the Hall of Fame. This is the same guy who said there's no way Tim Tebow's going to beat us. I mean, I, 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 you know, do I need to keep going? So, of course. Yeah, this, this is the same guy who won the picks last year. Yeah, talk about it. Go ahead. You won the picks. What's that got to do anything? I'd also What's that got to do anything? Your picks. You, got, you won the picks. Okay. I'll say it again. Do you want a cookie? You won the picks. Good job. Great. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> My my point is this. I think I I said the Steelers will win the division. I believe I had your back on that. But winning the division, which is you know, obviously at this point it's still possible. Um they can start they can start by beating um the Bengals in two weeks. And and then now you got my attention. Beat the Bengals in two weeks you got my attention. Um but that doesn't make you a Super Bowl contender. You know, not not just you have a whole whole slow down for a minute. I mean, you got the Patriots. <laughs> First of all, you got to pay him. You know, and I don't care. You know, you can say whatever you want about Manning not being Peyton Manning. He's 6 and out. However, it's getting done. It's still 6 and out. And you really think Andrew Luck ain't going to get it right with these Colts? You really think that these guys ain't going to, you know what I mean? I mean They're not they, Super Bowl you know, contenders. They are absolutely not Super Bowl contenders at all. The Colts are a joke. You know, there's no, to me, at this point, other than maybe the Patriots and the Packers, there's really no Super Bowl contender right now. I wouldn't even put the Bengals there. I wouldn't even put the Bengals there yet. Show me something. You know, 6-0 and is great, but yeah, I, the Patriots are the defending Super Bowl champions. They're undefeated. You have to say they're Super Bowl contenders. You know, the Packers every year are in the playoffs, have a Super Bowl with that coach and that quarterback, and have the reigning MVP. As do we. Okay. Yeah, how'd you do last year? Just One of the divisions. <laughs> yeah, and then what? Exactly. Health. So my my, 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 what's that? The health cost us. We we lost Levy on. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, well, okay. So when I talk about my team being injured, it's an excuse. When you talk about it, it's a reason. Okay, make it Well, the difference, I, is, know, difference is, the difference is we're winning. The difference is we're persevering because we're actually a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, you had a better, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking the fact that you guys get sick and not Landry Jones. I told you Weedon was horrible. I told you Weedon was terrible. I wanted him out of there. I, I, you won't get an argument from me. We suck. 
We, for whoever scouted Whedon and said he could win with this team didn't know what they were talking about. Made of all the great moves that Dallas has made, Byron Jones and, you know, I can go on and on, Sean Lee and the great moves that this team has made, Tyron Smith and all that, you know. Brandon Whedon and Joe yeah, Collins. the heck out of there. Lyle Collins, Greg Hardy. I mean, we already knew what Greg Hardy was capable of, but here's a guy that played for over a year, comes in and beats the crap out of Tom Brady in the first half last week, okay? My point is, Whedon is horribly terrible. You won't get an argument from me. I am praying the guy Castle can come in and do better than that. But when you talk Super Bowl, I mean, first thing is, to me, when you say Super Bowl contender and you're two games down in your division, I'm looking at you cross-eyed like, okay, wait a minute. You ain't even, you ain't even ready to win your own division yet before you start talking about being a Super Bowl contender. So my point is, beat the Bengals in two weeks. Then you, then you got my attention. Beat the Bengals, even though you're home. Beat the Bengals in two weeks. Then you got my attention. Then, then, then you know, win, win the next two games. Go to 6-2. and two, Bring the Bengals, Bengals down to 7-1, or maybe they'll be 6-2. Who knows? And, okay, fine. Right, maybe you got something to talk about. But right now, it's too soon. You can't, you know, get too many other teams in the AFC that are looking at this. Three, there's three undefeated teams in your conference, bro. Three. So it's a little early. A little early to be talking about Steelers as a support contender. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see how Big Ben can gain his chemistry back. Um, hopefully he doesn't come back rusty. Uh, he comes back rusty. You can't afford to lose any games uh, because of rust. You really can't. Looking at the Steelers right now, their division record, there they only have one game in the division. They lost that one. So the, the Bengals are 1-0 in the division right now. So it's really it's like a half-game lead, if you will. It's going to be interesting. I wouldn't count the Bengals out. Steelers may take that division, but I could see the Bengals coming in as a wild card. Now, granted, Bengals haven't done anything in the playoffs, so you kind of have to mark that against them as well. But, T, to your point, you've got the Broncos, even though they're not playing that well offensively, they're still winning. And then you've got the Patriots that look like a juggernaut. And don't be surprised about the Jets making some noise. It's the R4 and Yeah, I was going to mention them too. Yep, I was going to mention them too. Yep. So, so they they might be surprising some folks when we get around Turkey Day and and we start talking about the real cream that's risen to the top and we start talking about Gang Green a little bit more. So let's keep an eye on the Jets too, even though that's not your division there, K Star. That's still a team to watch out for because they might be one of those two wild card spots taken by the Jets. So um, the next one could really be up for grabs. It could be the Steelers if the Bengals get on the roll and continue to stay on the roll that they're on. Who's going to take that, that final spot in the wild card? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very early, but it's looking like the, the AFC North and the AFC East will be producing two uh, of the wild cards this season with the either the Steelers or the Bengals and likely the Jets and the AFC East because I think we all can agree, you know, that the Patriots uh, are favorites in the AFC East and also the AFC. Yeah, and, and also, too, don't forget about the Chargers because I told y'all. No, nope, I, I forgot beginning. about them. Done with them. Don't, 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 do, about the don't do it. But they're don't, terrible. Don't forget about them. Don't do, you better yeah. get some ginseng. Forget about them. Sure. That defense because, is awful. <laughs> that, that is a team that has perennially come back in the second half of season and has huge habits on the lead. So, Keep in mind about those targets. I agree with JB on that. I mean, this is a team that went into Lambeau, and, you know, they had a plan. They, they, had, they, they, they lost, but they had a plan. 
And, um, you know. Um, so were they planning on losing? Okay, did you see the game or, you know, you watch, did yeah, you I see the game? Or I, also saw the game I also saw the game last week when the Sears beat them with Michael Vick at quarterback. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this game against an undefeated Green Bay team where this guy walks in and throws for over 500 yards. Keenan Allen goes sick. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, who knows what he would have done in that game. Who knows how that game – they couldn't stop Keenan Allen. Couldn't stop him, you know. So, I mean, and, and if he didn't get hurt and missed pretty much the last quarter or so, who knows? They only they lost by a touchdown, you know. And, and uh, I mean, so what I'm saying is you, you go into Lambeau, which is very hard to play in. You play an undefeated team led by Aaron Rodgers, who pretty much – between him and Tom Brady, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you take it down to the wire like that and almost pull the upset, I, I'm saying let's not forget about him. And Jay has said it clearly, and I agree with him. The Chargers are a slow-starting team, and then down the, tra- down the stretch they start winning just enough games to get our attention and make it interesting. So he's got a valid point there. Two and four came back. You go, so so we're going we're gonna to say let's watch the Jets. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, I like their D. Yeah, yeah. I like their D. I, I'm much more worried about the Jets than the Chargers. Yeah. You you, you like Ryan Fitzpatrick over Phillip Rivers? Uh, I like the Jets team over the Chargers team. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. Because I don't believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's a reason why he's a journeyman, and 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 one of the reasons he's having some success is he got reunited with Chan Gailey. So there's some comfort there, and he's able to get some things done. And they've given him some weapons. You know, Brandon Marshall's out there. <clears throat> but that said, I, I, let's wait and see because they gonna, you know, they're in a tough division where they're gonna get, they're gonna, they're gonna have to get through that division, you know. Yeah. And for the Chargers, other than the Broncos, who can, they, who should they be afraid of in their division? The Raiders, the Chiefs. So. No, I know I wouldn't be afraid of either one of those two teams. Chiefs. As soon as Jamal Charles went down with that ACL, their season went right along with it. And then the Raiders, they're, they're up and Raiders. coming. They're not there yet. They're just simply the they're not there yet. I'll just say this. The Raiders will beat San Diego this Sunday. Okay. When we get to our picks, we'll find out. Yep. We're not at that second yet, but we'll, we'll find out. And we talked about it. We talked about the juggernauts of the AFC. We talked about the Broncos not winning or winning games, but not winning them decisively. We talked about keeping an eye on the Jets, and we all know about the Patriots. So let's talk about those Patriots. I mean, let's talk about this past game, the, the craziness that we saw with, with that <laughs> supposed trick play that <laughs> just bizarre. I, I want you to take uh, Commissioner T on this, and then, Casey, I want you to chime in. Well, I, I mean, I mean, this is, this is the curse of playing against Bill Belichick. I mean, this is where you get in there and you start out thinking yourself, and and common sense just goes out the window, and you start doing things because you're playing against one of the best coaches ever coached a game, one of the best quarterbacks ever played a game. You're trying to keep it competitive, which, which you know, if you listen to the Madden voice on Friday, I said the Colts are going to fight and keep this game competitive. Brady ain't going in and putting 60 on anybody, and that's exactly what happened. But this is just a simple Chuck Pagano. I mean, you know, maybe he had to get another cancer treatment in his locker room or something. Something major went on in his brain to cause him 
to call a play like that at that time in the game. It just is the most, you know, they say it's the worst play in the history of the NFL. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to a, a Giant-Eagles game with Herman Edwards, and the Giants could have kneeled the ball, and instead they went for a handoff and fumbled it, and Herman Evans scoops it up and scores a touchdown, where all the Giants had to do was kneel it out for the win. So I don't know if it's the worst play of all time, but it's damn bad. And there's no – and the thing about it is we all respect Chuck Pagano. I made a little comment about cancer, but I, I say it with love. This guy took a season off and fought, you know, cancer and won. Chuck Strong, you know, congratulations. Hats off. You got Andrew Luck, you know. You, get, you know, they went and got Andre Johnson, been a pro bowler. Frank Gore, been a pro bowler. You know, Robert Matthews is back during that defense. These cats fought hard against the Patriots. You know, they didn't lay down and the flip gate this. They went out there and fought. And then this cat calls this ridiculous play out of nowhere. Still to this day, don't know what, still can't figure out. I've watched shows. I've listened to him talk about it and still don't know what exactly he was trying to do. And how do you feel if you're, if you're on that team and you fought hard like that to see a play like that where they could have kicked the ball and played the field possession game and kept it going, but instead you, you, you do this fluky. I mean, it was just bad. Love you, Chuck. You know, I think the Colts are going to be there down the stretch. I really do. Andrew Luck isn't playing the best, but I think he's been injured. I really think he's been playing hurt. Um, I think he's going to come back, and, and, and you know, he's the real deal. You know, I think he's going to come back and play well. But that play call, I mean, I can't rant on it like I can the Golden State touchdown because it really ain't got no impact on me. But it is the most ridiculous play I've seen in a very long time. I, I don't I, – I still – maybe K-Star, you can explain what the point – because I don't even know. I really – I can't tell you what they were trying to do. I, I really can't even tell you. I wish I could. I mean, it was a trick play in the sense that I tricked everyone and not knowing what the hell they just did. Like, you had Belichick really, like, have his arms up just like, what what's going on? Like, it was it was like a circus. Like, literally, a circus just posted up on the show, on the football field, rolled out the carpet, and, uh, you know, just absolutely put on a, a most entertaining two seconds of, of, of our times. And seeing it pre-snap, it looks horrible. I'm just like watching, like, what the hell are they about to do? Like, what are they doing? And then them snapping it, was it, it was just, I remember just like yelling at my TV, like, just like, what? Like, what did I just see? Was that real? Like, was that some David Blaine magic trick? Like, was that like an optical illusion? Like, what was that? And, I mean, I think if you think about it, like, in terms of, like, play construction, I think that has to be the worst play of all time. I mean, you know, the, it was certainly wasn't the most impactful, like, you know, with the Herm Edwards scoop for touchdown. I mean, at least it's understandable in the sense that, you know, it was a missed handoff. You see that. But, this, like, play? Like, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know what that was, but, that, yeah, that was absolutely a joke. It was – we're going to see that for probably ever. I mean, for good reason. Like, if, you, if you're feeling bad, like, if you're feeling like you're having a bad day, just just play that play and think about how Chip McGowan probably felt at that moment. Well, here's the, here's the problem that I have, first and foremost. The game is 27 to 21, and you're, you're, you're fighting, scratching, and clawing. You're in this game. So why pick now to be the time for gimmicky? Why now? Why not just put the ball 
try and give your defense a chance to stop them if they can get a three and out or maybe they get a couple of series in and then can offense get the ball back and try. It, it's the timing of it that I don't like. It, it's the, 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 the field position where you are that I don't like. But more than just that, it's the fact that you got a center who's really not a center and you got their quarterback who's not really a quarterback. And, and Chuck even uttered the words, why'd you snap the ball? If you got two guys on your side and five on the other, I mean, unless you've got the Fantastics or something behind you and nobody can see them, why are you even hiking the ball? Why? Just let the clock run out, take your five-yard penalty, kick it away. Why even bother snapping it? Once you do that, this, this, this is why we have everybody talking about it. This is why social media is blowing up. This is why the, the talk shows are talking about it, simply because you snap the ball. If you're trying to do something crazy that doesn't work, just hold the ball. That's it. So uh, it, it, yeah. it, it's the timing of it, and it's the poor execution that I have to do. They just shouldn't have done it. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't have snapped it, but that, that should not have been in the playbook. I'm sorry. That but was... no, I mean, I get it. He should have snapped the ball. What was the, what was the point of calling the play? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like that that should not be in the playbook because, like, seriously, like, ugh. Yeah, I don't I, – I, I, I think for Pagano to blame his team is – I mean, which he really didn't. I, I saw his interview, and he really said it's on me. So I'll give, yeah. give it that to He just he, he said it yep. on me. Um, but then to come back and say, why did they snap the ball? I mean, okay, um, you know, you, you called the play, dude. Why'd you call the play? Seriously. <laughs> he, he, set himself, he set his players up for failure there just by having it in there. I mean, like, the guy's not a center. Like, he's not. So it's right. very possible that, you know, while they're there, he – Exactly. So it's possible that while, while the guy's there, he's just like, you know, I mean – what the hell? Everyone's staring at him, all eyes on him. He's not used to being a damn center. He probably wants to get out of that damn situation. Does the coach put him in? He's like, you know what? I'm just going to snap the ball and get out of here because this is awkward for me. And then it got real awkward for Chuck Pagano because he to add insult to injury. To add insult to injury, there was a misalignment and, and it would have been flagged for uh, illegal setup or whatever it was. They still would have had a five yard penalty because they weren't set up correctly. So, I mean, that's just like sliding down a razor blade into a sea of alcohol. You've got two guys that are doing center quarterback exchange, never done it before. You've got a misaligned uh, lineup, and you add all of that together, and then you snap it on top of them. I mean, that was just a, a recipe for disaster. And once you do that against a Patriots team on, their, on your side of the field, and they're already up six in the second half of a game, I'm not saying that cost them the game, but that definitely didn't help them whatsoever. It did not do them any favors, and they still fought after that. They still fought, but you gotta you gotta take that and, and scratch your head and wonder what were they doing, what they thinking about. And, let, and let's not forget they called a failed a non-set kick that didn't work either. Shortly there uh, earlier. I mean, you're trying to line up and play against someone who is cerebral. Well, this is know, what happens. Yeah, I, you know, and yeah, and and the problem here again is it's the Bill Belichick factor. You know, this guy he gets in your head as a coach. He makes you think that you've got to do unconventional things. You can't just go in and play smash mouth football and beat them. You know, um, you, you got to do something 
out of the box. And he got in. I mean, that's coaching right there. You know, he got in to Chuck Pagano's head, and Chuck Pagano felt like they needed to do something unconventional at that time to try to take control of that game. And it was not necessary. It was not necessary. We'll never know what would have happened, but we know what did happen. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and Patriots are now 5-0, and so they got five wins under their belt. Is it possible to get 11 more wins under their belt? You think they got a chance of going 16 and 0 this year? I haven't looked at the schedule, but I say no. <sighs> um, I'm going to say, listen, it's obviously the odds are against them doing it because they have a tough division. I mean, we just talked about the Jets a little bit ago. Um, you know, they got two games against them and and whomever else. But it does feel a little bit like 2007 in the sense that the narrative is there. The, the Patriots feel scorned and want to get the revenge against the rest of the NFL. And they just so happen to have the offensive players to do it. So while it's unlikely, I, I, uh, I'm not I definitely never run it out. It's, it's crossed my mind. That's for sure. I think it can definitely happen. Book it. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. Period. It ain't happening. Forget about it. Not even, not even, you know what I mean? It's not going, they're not going to go 16 and all again. There's a reason why that's only happened one time um, since they went to the, to the 16 game schedule. Because it's just not likely that a team can maintain that level of play for 16 games. They did it once. I was at Randy Moss out there, too. Let's not forget that Brady and Randy Moss were setting all kinds of records that year. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their schedule right now. I think I think week ten at New York Giants is an interesting game given the Giants history against them and you know, at New York and all those type of things, but yeah. I don't think so we need to just because you have to be lucky, not just good to go undefeated. Yep. You have to vibe the attrition factor because obviously all of our teams that we fear and root for have sustained some significant injuries. So you have to be lucky from that perspective to be able to stay healthy enough with your main players throughout the course of the season. And you also have to have certain calls go your way throughout the course of the season, too. And us as fans, we look at 16 games. That's that's not a lot. But when you look at it from a football player's perspective, they're banged up every week, in, day in and day out. And to be able to rise to the occasion week after week after week, you're asking a lot. I mean, you've only had the Patriots go undefeated in 2007. You had the 72 Dolphins go undefeated all the way through to the course of the regular season into the Super Bowl. So we're only talking about two times, and one of those two is when we had a 16-game season. So I understand the comparisons and the fact that they're coming out swinging and they're coming out looking like that same team from 07. There's just too much in the way for them to go undefeated. I don't see it happening either. I could see a 13-3, 14-2, maybe even a 15-1 is, is not out of the possibility. But in today's game, there's, there's so much luck that has to go into it. I can't see 16 and up. Good. With that being said, let's talk about 
we've gone from teams. We've talked about some of the star players, but we haven't talked about the players of the week. And I'll start off myself saying that the player of the week, in my opinion, and this this may be an unpopular choice, but he's been doing it week in and week out. And he's kind of surprising me a little bit more week in and week out. I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins this week as my player of the week. The guy's racking up yards for a team that really is underperforming. He's, he's double-digit catches, touchdowns, 100 yards per game, week in and week out. I've got to give him a nod. I can give it to him. DeAndre Hopkins is my player of the week. Yeah, hard to argue with that. DeAndre has been uh, on a mission this year. And with subpar quarterback play to to boot, Um, it's tough to argue. He had a phenomenal game last week, and he's been consistent too. Four straight games, 100 yards. Two straight games, double-digit reception. Based on ESPN's uh, calculations, He's the number one rated wide receiver there right now. Five touchdowns on top of it. For a team that's really not going anywhere. For me, I want to be a homer and say Martavis Bryant um, because no one expected the Steelers to win. I mean, against against Arizona. But aside from, from the homer pick, I'm going to go with another homer-like pick and, and pick the guy we talked about a little earlier, Cam Newton, for what he did at Seattle, leading his team uh, in the fourth quarter against Seattle, slaying the dragon, that beast that is the Seattle defense at home. Uh, for me, Cam Newton, as we talked about earlier, that's the reason why. Dave, what about you? I hear you over in the background doing whatever it is you're doing. Who's your player of the week? Oh, I keep trying to mute myself, so I apologize. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm not surprised. K-Star went with Cam Newton, of course. Yeah, yeah, player of the week. Yeah, Cam Newton. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could at least say Greg Olson. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to go with Drew Brees. Um, you know, he's a guy that I questioned. Many around the league questioned. There's a team that was losing uh, home games, um, you know, the, 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 the playing in, in the Superdome or whatever it's called now, Mercedes Superdome or whatever, and no longer, you know, people weren't afraid. And, you know, uh, and, and you, know, you had Falcons coming to town undefeated, juggernaut, so to speak, and Breeze really came and reminded us why he is a Hall of Famer why he is one of the four horsemen, you know, why he does have a Super Bowl title, um, you know, uh, and, and, and talking about not having things to work with, talking about not having receivers, you know, you got an old Marcus Colston as your top, as your top threat, really, you know, um, you know, so I, I got to go with Drew Brees. Uh, and, and Colston wasn't active, too, for the game, so he wasn't even on the field. Exactly. Yeah, all good choices. Can't can't argue, can't disagree. With that being said, who is the fantasy player of the week? Now, for me, uh, and we touched upon him uh, about 15, 20 minutes ago, you go on the Lambeau Field and throw for over 500 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, i got to give it to Phillip Rivers. He had the most points in the ESPN format 
that I've seen, I think, not just this past week, but so far this season with 73. So I got to give it to, to Philip Rivers as the fantasy player of the week because we're talking about how many points you can accumulate. That's my pick. K-Star. Yeah. Um, I, okay, so I want to go with, you know, this guy has just been a fantasy monster. Um and I know his team didn't win, but we're talking about fantasy football. I'm going to go with Devontae Freeman because this man is killing the game right now. Just absolutely wrecking it since he's taken over and uh, had another great game, uh, two touchdowns or 100 total yards yet again. PPR monster as well. He's great out the backfield. Uh, really a big surprise and a big a big reason for uh, uh, you know Atlanta's success this year as well. Uh, so I'm going to go with Devontae Freeman, score with 30 in PPR format. Good choice, good choice. He is killing it. Killed my cowboy, yeah. so he definitely done it. And um, came out of nowhere too, because that was supposed to be Tevin Campbell's job. And once he went down with the busted ribs, Devontae Freeman took over and said, "This spot's mine." So good choice. Can't disagree. Commissioner T, who do you have as your fantasy player of the week? Listen, you know, you, you guys are picking. Yeah, you know, you're picking Philip Rivers five yards. Yep, great game. Yeah. Guys, this guy's starting quarterback for the Chargers, you know, was in the MVP discussion last year. You're picking, you know, um, um, what's his name? I forgot his name already. Uh, Devontae Freeman out of Atlanta now. You know, a few weeks ago I would have said, yeah, because we didn't know. Now we know what the guy's going to do. He's a starter. Tevin Coleman's pretty much saying, hey, what about me, coach? Um, the fantasy player this week who started on 0.1% of the NFL.com fantasy team, is Ben Watson. It's Ben Watson. 0.1% of the NFL.com fantasy team had him in the starting lineup Thursday night. He had a career high, 10 catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. You're talking about unexpected, out of nowhere, and nobody except Commissioner T put him in the starting lineup. Ten minutes before kickoff, saw it coming. Now, that's the definition of a fantasy player of the week. Not a guy that's been doing it for a few weeks or a guy that's been doing it for his whole career. I'm looking at who who came in under the radar that we didn't expect and put buku points up there for your team or for your league or however. That's what I, that, that's my – you guys have your own criteria. You grown men, have your own criteria. But my criteria is, you know, I, I – not, not, yeah, Tom Brady, you know, yeah, of course, he's a monster, but really? We're expecting that. Gronkowski, well, we're expecting that. Who is coming up? We didn't see this guy coming. Ben Watson, old Ben Watson, used to play with Tom Brady. 10 catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown. And, oh, yeah, you guys both picked teams that lost. I know fantasy, it kind of doesn't matter. I get it. But, but, here's contribution also helped him win. Helped him win. Another under the radar guy, if we're talking about sleeper like guys or low owner guys, uh who really threw a curveball and and helped his team win as well is James Starks. To the yeah. chagrin of all Eddie Lacy owners everywhere. Uh which yep. including me including me this week on, on FanDuel that, that was annoying because it's expected Lacey had a big game instead of Starks. Uh that guy was started in point 
fourteen percent of FanDuel lineups. I don't know why anyone would ever put it, why anyone did that, but if you did, if you're part of that point fourteen, salute. <laughs> you get some insider information or something. Well, you know, there's another guy out there that was not owned very often. He's only owned about point three percent of the league or teams out there. Lance Moore from the Lions had five for a buck six and a touchdown, and uh, less than one percent had him. So. That's another one out there, too. And you, and T, you talk about contributions to winning. The Lions won that game also. Too bad that uh, Dr. Train isn't here, but um, we won't rub the salt into the wound too deep. But all good picks, all respective picks. I like them. I like them. I want to talk about power rankings. We, we've discussed it a little bit. We've touched upon some of the teams out there. But um, we haven't gone into the, the kind of detail that we normally do. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now myself. From what I saw earlier, we were pretty close with how our rankings went. I don't know if case okay, if you have that available or or not. Maybe I do. Hold on a second. Nope. I can get it. If you need it, I can get it. You gotta love uh, internet here. This this clear is not as clear as it should be. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I got it. Give me your power rankings. Um, all right, hold on. <laughs> I had it, and I saw you had it, but okay, I got it right here. Um, so, um, <clears throat> uh, number five, the, the Falcons lost, so they've dropped out. Um, and this is, you know, and, and just as a side note. I gave Dr. Train a hard time last week about putting the Falcons number two, and I wish he was here to own up to it because, you know, they're not in anybody's power ranking, but you have number two. So one loss, you bounce them. So that means number two was too high. That just means it was just too high. They should not have been number two, period, okay? And I don't care what he says, to go from number two to not even in the top five like that means they shouldn't have been number two. Simple as that. Um, I've got Panthers. Clearly an impressive victory. Um, I had them at number five simply because, um, you know, they do have one less game than some of the other teams, and I don't think the Seahawks are the Seahawks. Broncos are 6-0 and with Peyton Manning still finding a way to get it done. So I have them next. Surprising Bengals would be my third team, and I am surprised that they're at 6-0. and um, you know, and then, you know, to me, right now, the two best teams in the NFL are still Packers. I have them at number two. And, of course, the Patriots. I have them as uh, as, as number one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like uh, Dr. Train is the the one on the outside looking in. Uh, Tesla, I think I have yours. If, if you want to read them, you can. I have them. If, if you don't mind, I can take the reins. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you've got the Broncos at number five, Panthers at number four, Packers at number three, and and I'm surprised that you have the Bengals up at number two. Were you that impressed with the win over the Seahawks to push them up to number two? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of what they've been doing all season. And also, I have some concern about Green Bay, and my concern is simply – attrition and, and what they're going through um, in the receiving core. They're getting 
they're getting rocked with injuries, and you can see its effects uh, even on Rodgers' play a bit because they were having problems getting guys open um, against the Chargers, which I thought was a little concerning, and the Bengals are just rolling out there. And that, and that Bengals win was the Seahawks last week. So, yeah, the number two right. this week. You got to catch the number one. And, and and I'm pretty close with what you have. I think Tina might actually have the same one, if I'm not mistaken. I've got the Broncos at number five. Um, they they still continue to win, even despite the struggles of, of Manning. The defense is what's really carrying them. That, that Browns game, I thought, that, I thought the Browns were going to sneak that one out. But they, they're managing ways to win. Panthers win. I was I was a bit impressed. We touched upon that with the Seahawks not really being the Seahawks that we've seen, but still you 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 can't can't take away a win against that team. Bengals I have at number three, Packers at two, and the Pats at number one. Um, those two really are the cream of the crop as far as the AFC and NFC go. So um, very interesting to see can that. I, can I, can we, I say something? In my top five. Just can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, see. I, I I wish Dr. Kane, I can almost hear him. These are my power rankings. I'm doing them based on what I I can hear him responding. But really, Bengals at number two. I mean, we went through this last week with the Falcons at number two. Yeah. Well, he, listen, Dr. Tr- I'm going to call him out, and he can – I really don't care. He is letting the fact that the Packers are in his division take his top five. He did it last week, and now he's doing it again this week. I had a Bengals number two. Who, you did? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that. Well, was that, was that Train? <laughs> well, did Train have him at number two as well? Is that what I heard? Yes, Train, Train had him at number two. But last okay. week, he had the Falcons at number two. Yeah, he was tripping. And he so, was, yeah. so what he did was he moved, He just simply removed the Falcons, moved the other team up one, and then <laughs> and then added the Panthers. That's what he did. Uh, so he really the did. Falcons go from and, and, and I have a I have a problem with that when I'm talking about football integrity. So now all of a sudden, the Falcons go from two to six or two to off the chart, and you just yeah. move the Bengals up. I mean, come on, listen, let's just be real here. Everybody knows the top two teams in the NFL right now are the Patriots and the Packers. period. I don't want to hear who I think is going to win. That's a bunch of bull. Ain't nobody beating the Packers right now, okay? Ain't nobody beating the Patriots right now. You match these undefeated teams up against either one of these two, they're going down. That's the bottom line. Now, come on, train. You are a smart football. You're a PhD. You're a smart football guy. I know you hate the Packers. I know it hurts, man. I know it hurts. They're in your division. It hurts. I know. But come, come to the light, brother. Just walk to the light, and you'll see. At the end of the day, can you really trust the Bengals? You really think that the Bengals are going to beat? I mean, last week you said it was the Falcons that would beat the Packers. Now you don't even have them on the list. Now it's the Bengals. Come on, man. Come, come, come to the light, brother. Come to the light and just embrace the reality that the Packers should be number two. They should be number two. And in case star, mm-hmm. I, I, I commend I, I disagree you for putting with the Bengals number two because they're in your division. I commend you because yeah, it was tough I to do. You. Yeah, I commend you 
that you, now see, I'm not questioning you because I don't think you're doing it from a position of loyalty to your team. So, therefore, if you feel that they're number two, okay, that's cool. Because the Bengals are in your division. You have every reason to have them at three or four. And I'd be like, okay, okay. So, but, you know what I mean? But, wait, come on, man. You know. Yeah, I agree with but you. I, will, I agree with you. I agree with you because it was pretty funny with, with last week with train. So, yeah. It was. It was. And, and that's why when you look at last week and you look at this week, that's why I like keeping them and going week to week yep. and looking and saying, come on, yeah. man. Come on, man. Yeah. Just so, like, yeah, so, so, like, come so, on, man. So, so, T, let me get this straight. It's not like you're telling K-Star to take his picks. Blow it out your ass. Real nice. Oh, Nah. No, that was good. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Ooh, I love being on the ones and twos, but I tell you, it's got to be a lovely, That's lovely, good. lovely thing. That was good. Dr. Trent, we miss you. We hope that you are able to listen on the archives. But boy, oh boy, you need to bring your tail back next week. Woo! Okay. Great that we've gotten that out of the way. Let's let's take it home. Let's let's talk about week seven. I know we're all chomping at the bit, but forty eight hours and less than that, maybe like forty six hours, forty five and a half hours to go before we get to Thursday night football. Let's talk about some picks, gentlemen. We've got the Seahawks traveling to the forty ers that we talked about this this earlier. Make or break game for basically each team, if you will. Commissioner, you you ended it off, started off for us. Who are you taking in this one? Well, let, let's do this real quick before we go through. Let me just do a quick, let me do a quick week six update on points, and then we'll and then we'll roll right into the um, we'll roll right into the picks. But for week six, um, in our in our league, we had um, me and K Star sitting on top of the mountain, tied, and right behind us. Um, so we had 100 points out of a possible, I believe it's 160, um, or maybe 140. 140. We had 100 each. Uh, right behind us was uh, Dr. Train at 90, and uh, JB also at 90. So we all really, we all had uh, uh, really good weeks. And overall, um, Train is still leading the pack at 750 points. Uh, Commish T is second with 710. JB third with 630. Ali quit making his move um, like Usain Bolt on a 200-meter coming around the corner. He's making his move. He's at 530 and is closing the gap. So let's see if Ali quit, who did miss a week, in all fairness. Uh, let's see if he can catch, us, catch up with us. He's definitely on his way to doing that. Um, all right, so Jay's asking me for my pick for Thursday night football. <laughs> Seattle at San Francisco. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with Seattle. Um, both teams are going through struggles and problems. Uh, and even though San Francisco is home, um, I think Seattle is more fixable than San Francisco is. So for that reason, I'm going with Seattle. All right. Okay, star. Yeah, also going with Seattle. For me, they still have a light at the end of the tunnel, whereas I think San Francisco is just trying to see if they even have a quarterback for next season and Colin Kaepernick. So, I yeah, I definitely like Seattle to win. Yeah, I think we're unanimous. I'm, I'm taking Seattle also. I uh, I think they're going to come in 
ultra hungry for this game. I think they're 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 not only mad at, at how they're playing, I think they're mad at themselves and I see them taking it out on the forty nine ers so I agree, make it unanimous between at least three of us. I don't know what Dr. Train's picks are going to be. Hopefully he's got that taken care of. But right now the three of us, Seahawks. All right. And just so you know, it looks like based on NFL's predictions, eighty one percent have the Seahawks. So let's move on to the next one. Bills at the Jaguars. I don't know if we really need to talk about this one. No, that's I don't what I thought. I yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ninety percent say the bill. So let's let's uh, do like my man Bernie Matt was saying. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, next one: Vikings traveling to the Lions. Lions are no longer part of the winless core of people. They are amongst the teams with at least a victory. Are they going to pull out another victory against the Vikings? K-Star, what you got? No, I, I like Minnesota. Uh, they play a pretty good pass defense, and um, we all know Detroit cannot run the ball, and we all saw what Adrian Peterson did to them week two when they met, last met. I don't think uh, Detroit solved that issue either, so I'm going to go with Minnesota. Hmm. All right. See? Detroit. Home. A little bit of confidence. Um, I'm going against the green. Detroit. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, you might be the only one going against the green. I'm going to take the bike into this one. Um, playing in the dome, division rival. Lions, even though they came up with that victory, uh, still don't trust it. I'm taking the Vikings. Next one, the Hulkins at the at the Titans. Oh, and by the way, uh, 66% are taking the Vikings against the Lions. This one, Falcons at the Titans. Um, I think there's probably no burn also, but just because you got to play the game, let's see what folks got. K-Star. Uh, yeah, I, I like Atlanta. Um, I don't even think Mariota's playing Sunday. And Atlanta's had, what, about nine days off since their last loss? Uh, I'm sure they've been stewing over that one. Definitely like Atlanta. See? You in the same boat? Yeah, let's move, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And 95% say the same thing. Falcons. Next game mm, might be a little interesting. Colts and Saints. Colts are at home. Saints are on a bit of a win streak. Look pretty decent against the Falcons. Might not be as easy as folks think. So, um, Commish, what you got? Man, this is one of the toughest games of the week to pick. Um, the, the Saints coming off a big win at home. The Colts coming off uh, um, a great effort, still a loss. Um, <clears throat> you know, at home, um, I, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna pull pick another what I would say quasi upset like I did last Thursday night. I got laughed at when I picked the Saints, um, and I'm gonna pick them again. I just, you know, there's a reason that we have what we call the four horsemen. There's a reason, and Drew Brees is still 
you know, he, he showed that he's still on the top of his game. He was injured, came back, still didn't quite look like himself. Last week he looked a little bit better, and I think this week he's going to look even better. Um, and, again, let, let me, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on one game. I know, we, you know, but <clears throat> there's a look that I look for in a quarterback, and Tom Brady's got it. You know, um, Peyton Manning's got it. Drew Brees has got it. I haven't seen Andrew Luck with it yet. I'm not saying he doesn't have it. There's just this, 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 like, oh, hell no. Aaron Rodgers has it. You know, it's kind of a, oh, hell no. Um, and, and Brady, I mean, I'm sorry, Brees is showing that look where, okay, I, I, I need to step up before this season gets away from us. And he did it against Atlanta. And because of that, I just think he's that great that he's going to do it against these Colts. So I know it was a long answer, but I'm going with the Saints. No, and, and it's a decent one because I didn't laugh at you last week. I told you it's going to be a, a slobber knocker. Um, so I wasn't laughing at you last week. That could have been head to tail. So you got the Saints going against the grain, understood. K-Star, you going against the grain also? No, I, I like I like India at home. Uh, played pretty good against. New England and, um, you know, Luck looks like he is getting better with his health and his shoulder and everything. So, um, yeah, I think the Colts win. I think it's a big Frank Gore game, actually. Well, 79% are going with the Colts, and, and I'm going to put my name in that hat. I'm going with the Colts also. Um, I, I agree with what a lot of T is saying, and, and it's a, almost a reluctant going with the Colts, but I just feel as though, the players probably need to feel like they re- need to redeem themselves, but I think even Coach Pagano probably feels like he needs to redeem himself. Uh, and I think for that reason alone, as well as the health of, of Andrew Luck getting better and improving, I'm going to go with the Colts myself. Again, 79% are taking them as well. Next game, pretty much the who cares game, uh, Bucks at the Redskins. Uh, I- I'll start this one off. I'm going to say the Redskins and it's reluctant because I really don't care who wins this game. Um, it's, it's the fight for futility. I'm just going to take the Redskins. Pete, what you got? Um, I, I, you know what? I just changed my mind. I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, neither team is very good, but I'm going to root for the Bucks and I'm going to pick the Bucks. And it's just simply my Dallas Cowboy heart is talking. I want to see the Redskins buried. Uh, Redskins are decimated by injuries. As bad as Dallas, maybe even worse. Um, so that's yeah. a, that's a big factor as well. So um, I'm going to go with the Bucks. K Star, you going with the Bucks also? Um, I'm actually going to go with the Redskins, although the injury is definitely concerning. Uh, uh, you know, uh, okay. So the one thing Washington has going for them this year is the pass rush looks pretty good, and we've seen. Um, Jameis struggled with that so far against a good pass rush, and I think Washington has that. So I'm going to go with the Redskins. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, 67% are saying the Redskins also. So it's one of those games where it's pretty much a pick them, and and, and both points are valid. So on to the next one, and and this is probably going to be a no-brainer, but just going to throw it out there anyway. Steelers at the Chiefs. I already know who K-Star wants, so T, are you unanimous in this? 
Yeah, I mean, normally we'd say let K-Star convince us, but yeah, this is. Yeah, let's move on. You, you, we're on your, yeah. we're on your team, K-Star. Teams, team Steelers on this one. Yep. Let's move on again. And as a like, matter of fact, eighty-four percent. It should be like this every week when the Steelers are playing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, I only got one comment for that one, and that's that's a, a easy one. That that means no. Blow it out your ass. There you go. Let's move on. Texas traveling to Miami to play the Dolphins. Uh, T. Man, um, you know, the Dolphins early on caught my attention, and then they fizzled out. Philbin gets fired. Um, Dan Campbell's coming in with a lot of energy. <laughs> um, but the Texans are terrible. Man, this it, is, you know, I, I'm going to go with Miami because they're home. That's about all I got. They're home. This is really a yep. who cares game to me as well. Um, they're home, so I'll go with I'll go with Miami. Yeah. What about you, K Star? Yeah, also going Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible too. Making unanimous. I'm Miami also. Seventy percent out there picking Miami as well, and probably for the same reasons. Who cares? They're at home. Let's move on. This one, Browns at the Rams. I'll take this one. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go with the Rams. Um, they're at home. They're, that 2-3 and three record is a lot better than what it appears to be. Um, they, they're, they're playing pretty well. Not great, but pretty well. I'm going with the Rams. Okay, so unanimous with that? If you guys yeah, play, if you guys play DFS, Insert Todd Gurley into your lineup and enjoy what happens. Mm-hmm. There's your tip. Play mm-hmm. Todd Gurley. He's going to just shred mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I already knew your pick, T. I, I, I smelled it the phones. I already knew. And 77% mm-hmm. I bet taking the Rams off of because Gurley is a beast. He has he is, he is come out and he has come out blazing. So, uh, Georgia product, obviously. There's football country down here, college football, so a lot of people are cheering for him to do well, and I think he's going to run rough shot, as they say, over the ground. So let's take a look. Pat, ooh, this is a good one. Pat for hosting the Jets. One o'clock game Sunday. Mm-mm-mm. T, who do you have in this one? Man, <clears throat> this one's causing me to stay up late. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um Everything in me is saying go with the Patriots. Um, this is a this is a classic letdown game, or as Bill Parcells used to call it, a trap game. You're home. You just came off an emotional win against you know the nemesis team that created all the offseason turmoil for you. You're undefeated. Um, you're playing a division rival. This is a classic trap game. Jets are improved. The defense is elite. Fitzpatrick has found a groove there. Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory. I mean, these boys are coming to town to play some football. Um, but I'm going with the Patriots. <laughs> I'm going with the Patriots. I just, I just can't. I just, the Jets have to win this game for me to pick them to win this game. And I don't know if that means anything to you guys, but 
you gotta be you gotta be to be the man. Oh, you gotta beat the man, right, Ric Flair? I can't go for this shit, even though you know, yeah, you know, you you have all of the tools necessary to pull off the upset. I can't I can't pick you until you pull off the upset. So I'm going with Patriots. Interesting pick. Good reasoning. I I I, I can dig it. Taste uh, What are your thoughts? Yes, I am going with New England as well. I think it's going to be a very good game. But this is, I mean, this is the Patriots. They're on a mission. They're at home. And, yeah, uh, I know Revis is, is the man and everything. But, you know, Patriots always find a way to keep themselves motivated. And Revis had some not-so-nice things to say uh, about the Patriots this off season. So, New England. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm taking New England. 86% are also taking New England. Uh, I agree, T. This is the track game, the, the emotional high of the, of the winner against the Colts. But they are coming home. They are playing in Foxborough. They they know that this is a division rivalry, and they know they're only up one game. So they know what's at stake if they lose this game. And I'm sure they want to continue to put the foot on the gas pedal as they march towards the playoffs because, obviously, barring – Enormous setbacks. That's where they're heading to. I'm going with the Patriots also. Next one. Raiders heading down to Southern California for the Chargers. Chargers coming off of, even though it's a loss, a tough loss on the road to the Packers. Who do you have on this one, K-Star? This, this is the one that is probably an easy pick, but let's find out anyway. Well, for me, it's it's Oakland. Um, you know, I still think that they uh, are playing good good ball. I mean, I know they're two and three, but you know, San Diego's two and four, coming off a bye. They're getting Latavius Murray healthy. San Diego, listen, uh, Philip Rivers had to throw for five hundred for a reason. It's because they can't run the ball, and I mean, Alice helps that he's really good. But Keenan Allen's hurt, and uh, I, I like Amari Cooper. Uh, I like Derek Carr um, more than the rest of the field probably does. So I, I want to go with Oakland. Hmm. Tell you what you got. I, I, I got the Chargers. I mean, um, you know, <clears throat> they're home. Um, they fought against the Bears. I mean, I'm sorry, a Packers team that was that's undefeated. Uh, Philip Rivers has never been one of my favorites, but he showed me he showed me some heart. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, 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 Antonio Gates is back. Um, what's his name? The backup tight end there. Now the backup, I think it's Green. Um, you know they got a double threat that that is reminiscent of Gronkowski Hernandez days. Yeah, me. Um, not quite to that level yet, but certainly formidable. Um, I, I think the Raiders are, are are on their way to being relevant, but not not this week and not this season. So I'm, I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah, you know it's a good point raised. Um, by both parties. Uh, K-Star, you're right. Ken Allen, questionable. I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, T, you're right, too. Uh, Antonio Gates, you, you can't you can't dismiss that. Um, and, and, and for that reason, as well as the fact that isn't uh, Woodhead on the on the charges, too? Yeah, yeah. Yes. He, he's not too bad, either. Yeah, he, he's not bad. Nope. Uh, that's that text. He's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm going to go with yep. the charges in this one. I think they have enough weapons, even if Kenan Allen doesn't make it to the game to play. I think they have enough to do some damage. Um, 
they can always do draw plays and try and set up the, the pass to the run in that fashion. Um, I think they'll do enough. The Raiders are coming around. I like the Carter-Cooper connection. Um, I just don't see it today. So I'm going to go with the Chargers, and 79% also going with the Chargers. Big game. Big game for me and T. K-Star, you probably could care less, but Cowboys are traveling to MetLife Academy. Um, call, call me a homer, call me what you want. I'm taking my Cowboys. They've got the bye. They've got folks coming back healthy. Uh, they know what's at stake, just like the uh, the Patriots know what's at stake when they play the Jets. They know what's at stake playing the Giants, and they've already beaten them once. They've shown they can do it again. I'm going with the Cowboys. K-Star, tell us who you're going with. I'm going with the Giants. I mean, I know you guys are getting healthy, but this Bryant, I don't think he's playing. Still no Romo. Change at quarterback, but there's no guarantee that pans out for the best. And uh, Giants are home, New York. See, I set you up. The floor is yours. <clears throat> Giants were home last year and lost to the Cowboys. Giants have lost nine out of ten of their last division games. So uh, you know. Uh, they looked horrible against the Eagles. They're not going to win this game. Um, you know, first of all, did you see the Cowboys' defense in the first half against the um, Patriots? And did you see the Eagles' defense against <laughs> the Giants uh, last night? You know, the Cowboys are showing they can get after the quarterback, and Eli was uncomfortable all night. Harding, Hardy's going to play, of course. Lawrence, Mincy, um now, uh, Randy Gregory is looking like he's going to play. Um, I mean, the D-line is healthy. The linebackers, Lee, um, McLean, Hitchens, these guys are healthy. I mean, the defense, you know, other than Skandrick being out on injured reserve, is the healthiest unit on the field. Um, bringing Castle in gives us a shot. We know what Weedon can do, and he can't do it. So let's see what Castle's got. I don't know, but – um, Leo Collins is going to be going in for Ron Leary. He's got a groin ball and just hasn't played well. Collins has looked very good as a rookie. Um, Christian Michael is going to get more touches, which probably means uh, D-Mac isn't going to get the number of touches. He's probably going to be very limited. Randall will play. They're going to give Christian Michael an opportunity to see what he can do. And, of course, Matt Castle. And, I, 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 you know, and the Cowboys are coming off a bye. So they've had an extra week to prepare for this game. Everything is this. This is sitting there on the platter for the Cowboys. The Redskins, whether they win or lose, the Redskins win. They're at three and four. Dallas wins. They go to three and three. The Giants would go to three and four. Even if the Eagles win and go to four and three, Dallas already has a win over them, and they play. Um, within the next couple, I think it's Seattle, and then, so they're going to be playing soon. So, I mean, this is set up for Dallas to come in here and get a win. And remember, the most important stat, last 10 division games for New York, they've only won one. They've lost nine. It's going to be 10 now. They're not going to win this game. There you have it. Can't disagree, and it looks like in the minority, 71% are taking the Giants to win this one. That's real interesting. Uh, I'm going to make sure. Not to mention, 
Not to mention our mother just texted me, and she, of course, is picking the Giants, and she is a Giant fan. I don't know if you know that, K-Star. We grew up in the house with a mother who was a Giant fan. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. She, the Giants could be 0-5, and, and she'd be picking them to win. Eli could have a broken leg and not be playing. She'd be picking them to win. It, it, it doesn't matter. Tim Tebow could be back there, and, and, and O.J. Simpson could be running uh, running back, and Mom would still pick the Giants to win the game. So, I mean, just then, you know. Okay. Mama you could have the replacement of the counter pieces back there, and she's still picking them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a very interesting dynamic in the Floyd household, let me tell you. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it, baby. Gotta love it. All right, we got two more on the, on the plate here. Let's, let's knock this out. Let's make it good. We got the Eagles traveling to the Panthers. Okay, start. What do you say? Kind of an advocate for both these teams this year. Um, but going with the Panthers, you know, it, it, it's rare when they get these national games. And uh, we all know Cam's certainly not shy when it comes to, uh, you know, getting that spotlight, getting opportunity. He kind of relishes in it. And, you know, Luke, Luke Keekley. I think it's going to give uh, the, the Eagles a lot of problems with their slow developing run plays and, um, well, Sam Bradford, not that really it matters who's on the other side of the field. Anyone gives him problems, apparently. And, uh, yeah, so I like I like Carolina. Yeah, there's a shocker. See? Go ahead. You know, I'm getting a pizza or maybe a steak or maybe some ribs or maybe a big bucket of wings. I don't know, because at 1 o'clock, the Jets are going to go play the Patriots. That's going to be a good game. At 4 o'clock, the Cowboys are going to play the Giants. That's going to be a good game. And then Sunday night, Eagles um, looking like they might might have a little something to offer to make this a game going to Carolina to play the Panthers. I mean, you got to sit back and love football. I'm getting, I'm getting some food that I'm not supposed to eat, and I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to enjoy these three games because those are three games I'm watching, and, oh, I can't wait. Um, yes. I, I, I'm just going to sit back here and I'm just going to, I'm going to say it the way it's supposed to be said. <clears throat> Even with my laryngitis and my half voice. Pam. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Pam. Okay. I'm going with the Panthers. <laughs> I'm going with the Panthers. Of course I'm going. You really think I want the freaking Eagles to win? I don't want them to win and I'm not picking them to win. So, okay, kid, I'm in your corner, Cam. I eat your yogurt. You know what I'm saying? I eat your yogurt. I, 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 I'm picking your team at home Sunday night, national national tele, televised game. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on, I'm getting on the bandwagon for one week. This is a, this is a one week only bandwagon because we got to play these Panthers at some point too. So this is temporary. This is a one week bandwagon. I'm on the Cam Newton bandwagon. Cam, come on, show me something, Ooh. okay? All right, let's see what you got, baby. I'm here. I'm with you. And, and case up, I get some some soul bass in that voice. You know, yeah, Cam. No, that up there. All right, you got it. You know, hey, um, there you go. Yeah, it needs a little work. A little bit better. A little bit better. Need some work. Need some work. It, it registered on the Richter scale, so that's good enough. There we go. Hey, yeah, I'm 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 a Cam fan myself. I'm an old Cam. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cam too. I'm going to take the Panthers over the Eagles, no doubt about it. I think the Eagles, just from a football player's perspective, again, or a football fan's perspective, if you will, Eagles just, even though they won the game last night, just still didn't look right. Still, I still don't think they, they've got the chops to uh, to do anything. Panthers, Panthers have been playing well. They've busted into the top five 
power rankings, and deservedly so. Panthers on this one, too. Last game, which on paper before the season started looked like an absolute barn burner. Uh, uh, Jim Ross slobber knocker. Now, <sighs> Ravens traveling to the Cardinals. Miss T, what you got? Listen, every week there's a game that you look at and say there's no way. Every week there's a game that you say, come on, man. I mean, I mean seriously, uh, we even need to, you know. And this is one of those games, Ravens going in one direction, Cardinals going in another direction. You know, one in five Ravens team, uh, Cardinals four and two. You know, I would be a fool to pick the Ravens to win this game. I mean, you know, the, the Cardinals are home, Monday night football, the big stage. And I'm going to be a fool. I'm pulling, I'm calling an upset right here. I'm calling an upset. I still have my doubts about the Cardinals. And remember, we did say that Seattle's defensive coordinator is in Atlanta. Arizona's defensive coordinator is in New York. And even though they're playing better than Seattle at this point, I think this is going to be the game where Baltimore says, hold on one second. <laughs> hold on one second. Um, we're not quite done yet. Don't, 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 don't throw that last satchel of dirt on our season just yet. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I hope, I hope um, Steve Smith Sr. is playing. I'm going to go ahead with the Ravens on this in the upset. Big upset on Monday Night Football. Ooh. I'm trying to sit back in my chair after I fell out of it. Uh, K-Star. Yeah, I'm going to Arizona, man. Um, When you have Colin Kaepernick able to light up that secondary, um, well, uh, looking forward to see what Carson Palmer does to them, especially the way John Brown is playing. That guy is emerging. And, uh, I mean, Ravens just lost – I mean, sorry, the uh, Cardinals just lost to us. I know they're pissed. And, uh, yeah, so, AZ. But let me, let me say one thing, though. Let me, let me, even though they're one in five, let's just recap the season before you, you know, Jay said he's falling out of his chair. I don't expect you to pick the Ravens because they're in your division. Of course not. But they lost to Denver 19-13. to They lost to Oakland 37-33. to We said Oakland was coming. They lost to undefeated Bengals 28-24. to They did manage to get a win over your Steelers. And they lost to Cleveland division division game thirty three to thirty, and they lost to the Forty Niners twenty five to twenty. They're in every one of these games. They just ain't getting it done, but they're in every one of these games. I just want to throw that out there, okay? I just want to throw that out there. Go ahead, JB. Uh, you are right. They are in every one of those games. They just can't seem to close it out, and I think. It's going to be a, a repeat of the past. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one also. Even though it's a Monday night game, you're still having to travel cross-country. Uh, that can take a toll and take an effect on the players. Um, Carson I wonder if they stayed. I'm just curious. I wonder if they actually stayed over on that side of the coast. because I, know, I, I think they, they just, did. Yeah, because they just played at San Fran. I bet you they stayed. Yeah. It would make sense to say all you're doing is just traveling south. Makes no sense to travel over the I don't know what they're doing. They I hope so. That that would make more sense than anything. I'm going to assume that they may have gone home. Don't know. 
Uh, not even sure it would make, make a difference. Uh, I'm still going with the Cardinals. Uh, I, I meant to mention Panthers 82% for their game of the Eagles as for victory. Cardinals, you know, plus 11 on that, 93% are taking the Cardinals in that one. So going to be some good games. Picks are in. In a great show. It's already quarter after 11 East Coast time, and I'm feeling it. So, gentlemen, K-Star specifically, and we'll go to T. K-Star, any last words before we wrap up this episode of The Man's Voice? Uh, no, not really. Just looking forward to the games. Definitely agree with T that there's three really good primetime games for us. I probably, too, will get some food I should not eat because why not? It's Sunday, and it's fun day, and there's nothing like football Sundays. So I will be enjoying it as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Commish T with the laryngitis, the cold and all. Any last words? Week seven. Season's flying by. We saw snow flurries in Connecticut over the weekend. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, we did. Um, Sunday there was flurries. You know, it didn't amount to anything, but there were flurries. Um, before you know it, you know, we're already at week seven. It'll be done. Enjoy it. Um, thank you, Mom, for tuning in and listening to the whole show. It's always nice to have you there, you know. And um, last but not least, man, I mean, man, I, you know, uh, talking about talking about knocking it out of the park, talking about stepping up and just taking over the Madden voice. Man, I, I, man, I don't even know. Now I got to come back and follow your footsteps next weekend. I, I don't even know if I can do it. But, JB, man, um, um, a tremendous, tremendous job tonight. You know, Yeah, great job. What you do. Yeah, great job. I wish Train was here to really enjoy this. And, and, and because I can, JB, this is for you right here. appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm almost speechless. I'll wrap this up and put everybody on you. Um, wow. Uh, definitely week seven is, is come upon us. Looking forward to it. Uh, Mom, I'm so glad and grateful that you're able to join. Uh, like like your elder uh, son has stated, it's always great having you on there. Uh, and, and then to my elder brother, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I did not want to disappoint. I want to make sure that I step up to the plate, keep the floor tradition alive. I may be soft-spoken, but I walk softly, carry a big stick. And uh, a couple other things, too. One, just to let everybody know, again, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Make sure you do your self-exams because that's when you're able to detect what's going on with your body faster than any doctor can. So if you find that you have an issue, go get yourself checked out. Last Certainly not least, Pop, I hope you're watching. I'm sure you're listening. Hope I made you proud. Love your mission, man. Signing off for the Man Voice on behalf of Commiss T, Dr. Train, who wasn't able to join, but 
nonetheless, he'll be listening to archives, and obviously, look up in the sky, you'll see the big man K star shining and twinkling. Week seven is here. Get ready to watch some football, and as you know, all views are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs>